Hello, and welcome to Academy Conversations Uncut, a podcast of rare Q&As with the world's foremost filmmakers, hosted by the Academy and released for the first time to the public, unedited. Today's panel was recorded in July 2017 at the Samuel Goldwyn Theater in Beverly Hills, California. Discussing the documentary film, City of Ghosts, an Arabic language film about the Syrian anonymous activist group, Raqqa's Being Slaughtered Silently, who stand up to ISIS, we're joined by producer-director Matthew Heineman and documentary subject Abdelaziz Alhamza. The panel was hosted by Pat Morrison. Here's Pat. I'm Pat Morrison. Please welcome Matthew Heineman, who is the Emmy-winning and Oscar-nominated director, writer, producer, editor of this film. Thank you. And I also want to bring up uh, a very special guest that we have, Aziz. Can you join us on stage as well? Gentlemen, thank you both for not only the film, but everything that went into it, which we're going to be talking about today. Um, you are used to doing harrowing subjects. You did the Mexican drug cartel. You did American healthcare. What was it about this? How did these guys catch your attention? And how did you commit to and pursue the stock? So yeah, I was, I was traveling around the, the world with my last film, Cartel Land, and I was um, sort of started reading voraciously about what was happening with ISIS and trying to see if there's a, a film to be made. and. Uh, eventually, I came across this article by David Remnick in The New Yorker about this group, Rockets Being Slaughtered Silently. And just right when I read it, I knew that that is my way into the story. Um, I reached out to the guys. And, you know, for me, these sort of large, amorphous, sort of complex subjects that, that we as sort of citizens often keep at, at arm's length, um, you know, I think they're so often relegated to, to headlines and to stats and to photos. And I really, really wanted to try to put a sort of human face to, the, to these topics and to try to um, allow you as audience members to go on this very visceral journey uh, to hopefully have a, a little bit better understanding uh, of what's, I guess, first and foremost happening in Raqqa, what's happening in Syria, and then, I guess, on a, in a larger sense, um, sort of the immigrant experience um, that these guys were, were forced into. This, like Cartel Land and your other film, it's, it's, in a way it's a very American kind of storytelling because Americans love the David and Goliath. Our nation was founded with a small group of people taking on a bigger force, a more powerful force. And that seems to me a way into the storytelling of, as you call it, these amorphous stories. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it's sort of American-centric or not, or not. I mean, I think I... I um, you know, I wanted to um, I wanted, you know, Aziz and, and his colleagues to not just be caricatures. You know, I wanted them to be to be real people. And I think when I started this film, it was really a uh, an examination. Uh, intellectually, I was stimulated by this examination of of this media war, this war of ideas, this war of propaganda between ISIS's slick almost Hollywood style videos on one hand and then RBSS's 
uh, videos and content on the other, dispelling the myth that, that ISIS was propagating. But as time went on, you know, the, the, the movie evolved for me and it became, um, much more than, I guess, as you say, a, you know, David Goliath battle between these two forces, it became a very deeply personal story. It became a story of, of an immigrant story. It became a story of finding oneself in a new land. It became a story of, you know, rising nationalism in Europe. It became a story of, of trauma and the cumulative effects of trauma. Um, obviously, you know, illustrated by that final scene in the film. Um, Aziz, how did Matt approach you and what was it about his charming personality that made you decide to work with him on this? Yes, so it was our first visit uh, to to U.S. and it happened to be with uh, two of two of my colleagues and I in in D.C. and we came to receive International Press Freedom Award from CBJ and we had that crazy schedule. We got an email from one of the organizers told us that there is a movie director want to see us. And we had two hours like as a break and we were so tired. We answered, we said, we're tired, we want to sleep. And they said, no, come, you need to come. And then we went and we were planning not to do any movie or anything for security reasons. But uh, we got there, we thought that we're going to meet a movie director who spent... You thought Steven Spielberg was coming? No, like I thought like a movie director who spent 50 years doing movies. And then we had met. Uh, and then uh, we watched uh, the trailer of his last documentary, Cartel Land. And after that, we said, oh, wow, he's professional. So it took us like a couple of days to talk between... Like to talk, to discuss, to either to do the movie or not, and uh, the security issue was the main thing. But at the same time, we knew that making this documentary will help us to get our message out to educate our people, like thousands and even millions of people around the world about what's going on in Syria and Raqqa. So and. That was one of the main reasons why we started our organization. So we decided that we will make this movie even if it will increase the level of risk. And, and Matt, for you, obviously, are there ethical questions like that that you, when you expose them further, you tell their story, but you also expose them to further danger. So how did you navigate those concerns as a filmmaker? Yeah, I mean, their safety was, was paramount at every step along the way. And I think from the very beginning, from those first conversations, as you said, I was very forthright with, with two things. One, um, the type of films that I want to make, the type of film that I wanted to make. Um, you know, I wanted to make a very intimate film, um, and that would require being with them for not weeks, not days, but for months. Um, and, and, and the ramifications of what, what that meant, but also the ramifications of now that the film is being released publicly, um, that inevitably uh, their threat profile will, will increase. And, you know, are you okay with that? And I think, you know, Aziz and his colleagues wanted to come out from behind the veneer of social media. You know, Aziz was already sort of the face of the group, but the other guys weren't known. And so I think they wanted to show that they're moderate Muslim men, that they're you know, real guys from Raqqa, they're not avatars. Um, and that, you know, they wanted their, their faces and their story to be told despite the risk. What you were shooting with them and then what you took from the people, their people who are in Raqqa, how did you make those choices in editing? And did your decisions about how much and how to balance that out, did it change over the editing process, the storytelling process? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I 
I knew from before I even started shooting, um, which is, you know, days after I first met them, but I knew that I wanted the, the sort of spine of the story, the through line of the story to be this exodus from, from Syria to Turkey and Turkey ultimately to, to Europe. Um, and I wanted to be with them in these safe houses, moving around, trying to escape as they're being hunted by ISIS, as they're continuing to get death threats. Um, and I also knew that I wanted to cut back and forth to life inside Raqqa with the amazing footage that, that these guys had captured from within Raqqa, from within the capital of the Islamic State, uh, to show what life was like. Um, I'd never really worked with sort of footage that I hadn't shot myself. So, you know, it was a very uh, unique and interesting experience in the edit room trying to, you know, make those two uh, threads seamless. And I think, you know, the the overarching goal, and, you know, I say this to my editors, Matt Hamachek and Pax Wasserman, who are brilliant all the time, is, you know, let's make it feel like we are there. You know, when, whenever I'm, because I shoot myself, you know, let's make, let's let the audience feel those same fears, those same emotions, those same rug pulling moments that I felt when I was shooting. And, and similarly with the archival footage, even though I hadn't shot it, I still wanted to have that sort of level of feeling like you are there. Um, so, yeah. But, but you are not a narrative voice in this. You're not uh, there in an interrogatory sense. You, you, you have vanished except for the camera. Why that decision? Uh, I, I don't find myself that interesting, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, it's just my style of filmmaking for, for better or for worse. You know, I, I feel like a lot of films and especially documentary films, uh, are very sort of point of view driven by, by the filmmaker. And, and I think, um, that often sort of chops the world into two different parts. Um, and, 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 you know, I feel like for me, I don't particularly want to preach to the choir. Obviously I, I have beliefs, I have point of views. Um, but I don't, I try as much as possible not to bring that to my filmmaking. You know, obviously every time you turn on the camera, every time you change a camera angle, every time you press a button in the edit room, you, you inject some sort of subjectivity, but I try as hard as possible to really let the story tell itself, let the story evolve naturally and, and, and meander into ways that I couldn't ever predict if, if I was scripting it or, or sort of imposing my own sort of narrative uh, onto it. Um, Aziz, how long did it take for everybody to get comfortable with having Matt in the room and just following you around and being there the whole time? Yeah, so it's been, it was like a, a new experience for us. Most of my colleagues to be with cameras with a movie director, so some of them like kept looking at the camera all the time. Ah, oh, there's a camera. So it take them like a couple of days. Like and later on, all of us used to have the camera with us all the time. Like, <clears throat> sorry. Like uh, sometimes, like first thing when we open our eyes, we see a camera. Like ah. the restroom, wherever in the streets, and people they started to stop us. Like, are you famous guys? Should we take selfie with you? So it was like kind of a new thing. And uh, then uh, like having Matt with us like uh, for like a long period, we started to build like a trust relation with him, and uh, we were able like to tell him our own story. So it took us like couple of months like to trust him like and then we started like, to have like this relation even sometimes like going somewhere without camera so that helped and uh, then I think like uh, it took like it was like only first 
couple of weeks and later on like everyone used to have math so and right now like uh, it took even the guys like a time to wake up without having a camera so they missed <laughs> something and and there were some really intimate very personal moments were you surprised when you saw them on the screen i mean when people were talking about their relatives who'd been killed and and it was so touching but very very personal Yes, so that was like the main things that we agreed when before we started making the movie that uh, we need to watch the movie before it's screened anywhere for like the security reasons if there is like any personal thing and we agreed uh, like after we bought this trust relation we agreed that Matt will be able to film everything and then like uh, as I said like at the end we need to watch it and first time we watched it we had like no comments we had uh, like nothing at all so we agreed with the movie and uh, we were like surprised how he made it uh, obviously Matt security had to shape in a paramount sense, what you did looking out for these guys. So how did it influence the making of this film and the editing in particular, having that uppermost in your mind? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a complete, complete, complete different experience than my last film, Cartel Land, where I was um, completely, you know, I was on the front lines of this, you know, quote unquote battle between these vigilantes and the, and the Mexican drug cartels. And I was um, very much out in the open, very much in physical danger, very much, you know, in shootouts and meth labs and torture chambers. With this film, I was, the sort of fear and the experience was much different. I was, you know, for the most part, boxed in in these safe houses um, and, and, and with these guys who, who spent most of their time behind computers and cell phones. And so I think it was the hardest thing for me I guess two things. I guess first, just the logistics of filming, the sort of how, when, and where, the producing side of it was was, was very, very hard. Um, just because they were, you know, in different places, they didn't necessarily want to communicate. You know, we had to communicate through encrypted means, and so just the logistics of getting there and being there was was quite difficult. But then once I was there, it was also quite difficult um, to try to find the drama and the cinema um, with what, for the most part, was just people sitting around. And so, I, you know, that was the most difficult thing as someone who's both directing and shooting, producing this was, was trying to really capture the humanity in the, in the cinema and the drama with these very constrained uh, situations. But the claustrophobia was part of the story, no? The claustrophobia was absolutely part of the story. And, you know, they, um, yeah, and that's, I, I tried to hopefully capture that. But, you know, I also wanted to capture the, the humanity of, of these guys and, and, the, and the brotherhood. And, you know, that scene when, they're, when they come together, which is the first time they're together since being in, in Syria together and, and the way they hug them and hug themselves and, and kiss each other. And, um, you know, the moment on the subway with, with the teacher and his wife flirting, like these, these very, you know, small... With a snowball fight. Snowball fight. Like all these moments were, were very, very important to, to capture, to not just make them caricatures. Because I think so often... Um, people from from this part of the world uh, are either you know terrorists or victims and and there's there's a the vast 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 majority of people are are neither um aziz when did your colleagues in raqqa know that this film was in the works did you yeah. tell them right away yeah so like early in the beginning so yeah we discussed that thing first as i told in dc uh, it was like uh, 
night in Europe and in Raqqa. So next day we told them, okay, there's this idea, like we got that offer. We, that what we think, like, because we were three in DC, we told them, okay, that we, what we think. What do you, what do you think about it? So, so they got to vote too in a sense. Yes. So, and then like all of us agreed and that was the point. So, and then the problem was like who like to get involved from rock and who not so it was like so hard to involve everyone like to be filmed because of the security reasons the mm -hmm. conditions electricity internet and all that things so only one of them was uh, interviewed by matt um and and the score matt kind of gave such a sense of delicacy and nuance to a film that had to be nuanced. How did you decide on who to score it and how to have it scored? I basically brought back the same team on, on almost every level, um, from, from editing to uh, post-production to um, music and sound design uh, that I had for, for Cartel Land. You know, I, I strongly believe if, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And, uh, you know, I, I love the people that I collaborated with. And so Jackson Greenberg and, and Scott Salinas, who did the score on Cartel and, uh, you know, I knew from the beginning I wanted to work with them again. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a fascinating experience because this film was, was much more different. It's it a, it a much more emotional film. It's a much more sort of quiet film to some degree. And so the, the film had to reflect those nuances. Um, and the way we work is often starting with this, what we call like a sort of concentrate, which is like 10 minutes of like, if you guys heard it, it, it would just sound like, I don't know, garbage. It wouldn't make any sense, but we sort of go through each little frame of, of that, um, 10 minutes and pick out just sounds that like evoke something in me. And then from there we start to build sort of main themes and cues and then build out the score. But it often starts with this, this concentrate that we work with. With the, the security concerns, again, did the guys uh, that you worked with, like Aziz, did they have like a final say? Did they see you before the final cut and say, this is all right? And did they have any concerns, anything that they wanted? I mean, I think, as, as you said, uh, you know, we agreed that they you know, didn't have cr creative control over the film that we, we would give them the right to review the film for, for security reasons, uh, which, you know, obviously, uh, sure. we didn't want to inadvertently show something that might put them in danger. And so we brought them in before the film, um, premiered at Sundance. And as Aziz said, there's the, you know, they didn't have any comments. So. Uh, Aziz, did your colleagues in Raqqa then get to see this before it premiered? Have they seen it at all? Not yet. So we told them like about it. I think it's so like the quality of the internet. So especially right now, Raqqa Battle has started recently. And right now the clashes are taking place in Raqqa. So uh, they have like a lake access to the internet. So it's so hard to communicate with them. So it's kind of impossible to them like to play a video. What kind of reaction have you been seeing from other people though, who've seen it? Your man. Well, for you and you know, for your yeah. friends, people you know who, are in yeah. safe houses, uh, people who, Syrians who are out of Syria. Yeah, I got like many friends to see the movie and like many others who I met them in the theaters. So with my friends, like 
like I can say all all of them they were surprised so they were telling me okay like we've been knowing you forever and we didn't know that part of your life so first they were surprised they got to know like another part of me they haven't had a chance to know it and then people like they came and they say oh like you're a human so like yeah so and one like crazy impact that people they were like telling me uh is it fiction or non-fiction did you get that too man people know your work well enough to know otherwise i still get that question i, I got it with cartelian all the time like oh my god you know what was it like to work with actors in that shootout and i was like well that was <laughs> That's real. Um, and Aziz is real. I'm, I'm physically touching him right now. Um, his heart is beating, I think, as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I try to obviously make the films feel like narratives. I mean, I want, you know, use narrative devices. And, you know, I, I don't, I think that's one of the beauties of, of filmmaking. I think it's one of the beauties of, of documentary film. It's such a malleable form. Um, and I really want to try to push the genre to, to not have to be, you know, only obviously talking heads and, you know, a narration from, from the directors. And obviously there's, there's so many other films that, that, and filmmakers that do things different ways and do things my way as well. But I really um, try as much as possible to try to get away from traditional documentary techniques uh, if I can. You haven't shied away from really hefty subjects. Did this one change you at all? Yeah, I mean, I think every um, every film changes you, hopefully, right? Um, otherwise, I'm not sure why you're doing it. I think, you know, you go on these journeys and you go on these, these, these journeys of exploration. Um, and I think if you're not changed, then you're not going to change other people. And, and so each film has, and especially Cartelian and, and City of Ghosts, has had a profound, profound, profound impact on, on who I am as a person and how I view the world. Um, you know, and going into to City of Ghosts, I, I didn't I didn't know much about Syria. I didn't know much about this conflict. I didn't know much about this region, um, and I I, f I feel an enormous enormous uh, sense of uh, connection uh, to it. Uh, I, you know, every single day, anything that I see that has the word Syria in it, I, I, re I read, I watch, I, I look at, um, and I think it'll it'll stay with me forever. What reception do you hope? it will get in for American audiences? What do you want them to take home? That they will do what you do when they see Syria, the word in the headline, it means something different to them now? I hope so. Again, I, I mean, I think these conflicts are so, we, we keep them at an arm's length. Um, it feels like another world. It feels like a, a place that's, that's so far away, but it's, it's not. And so I, I think at a, if you boil, you know, I don't really have an agenda or a goal, but I guess if you boil it down to one thing, it's, it's just to have a little bit more empathy for, for first and foremost, for the members of Raqqa's being slaughtered silently, for the, for the people of Raqqa, um, for the people of Syria. And I, and again, on a, on a maybe larger sense for, for immigrants all across the world who are being forced to flee, um, you know, and it's obviously quite poignant now in the country that we live in and with certain laws um, that are being enacted. Uh, you know, this is perhaps the last time Aziz and I will ever be on this stage together. So, um, yeah. What, what does that mean? Uh, there's a... Uh, hyperbolically or... Immigration things. 
Uh, well, our president has enacted a law that is not allowing people from the country that Aziz is from to come back. And so um, he was here before that ban was enacted. And uh, unless things change, he will not be allowed back in our, into our country. Aziz, what do you hope the impact of this movie is going to be? Yes, like to get the people know or like uh, be aware about what's going on in Syria. So many people, they've been saying that ISIS is far away since Syria and Iraq. But we've, like ISIS has been everywhere, like with the attacks in Europe and US. So to aware them about what's going on in Raqqa, specifically in Syria in general, like to tell the story of Raqqa people. So millions of people who are living there and they were like voiceless and we decided to be their voice. So many people, they had an idea that all the Syrians, all the people of Raqqa are terrorists, but we are not. So we didn't decide that we want to have ISIS. They came and then occupied our country, our city. So we wanted to show the reality of what's going on. So to let the people understand what's going on, to share, to let them like share the words with their friends, their relatives, and then at least like we will be will be able to have education between the people because all the problems around the world is because of, because of the loss of the education. So having people educated about what's going on, it will help us and it will help everyone to get out from all these troubles and conflict problems. Maybe one world would change something. Maybe from mouth to mouth, from person to person, we get like to some governments, power leaders, politicians, uh, who will be able to do a real change and stop this conflict. And, and one last thing I'll say about that. I mean, I think for me, the film is also an homage to journalism, an homage to um, people who are out there fighting for the truth and seeking the truth, especially in this world where truth seems to be malleable. Um, I think it's so important and we are relying as citizens on more and more on people like Aziz who are shedding light on dark corners of the world. So I hope that, that, you know, if, if you all believe in what they're doing, if, 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 if audiences believe in what they're doing, that they support groups like Aziz, support groups like the community to protect journalists who are, who are advocating and fighting, uh, for, for, for citizens around the world who are, again, shedding light on, on, on places that we would have otherwise no idea what's happening. Won't you please thank Abdallah Aziz Alhamza and Matt Heineman. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Academy Conversations Uncut. We hope you enjoyed this unique access to a members-only Q&A at the Academy. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe, and help us reach film lovers around the world. This podcast was produced by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences.